It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, D.C.? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Wizards with SB Nation's Bullets Forever writer, Ben Mahich, and myself, Anthony Cittadino. We are your hosts, and you are now Locked On Wizards. Go subscribe to the Locked On Wizards podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you may listen. Go throw us a follow on Twitter at Locked On Wizards. Guys, we've got a great show ahead of us and a ton to get into. But first, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Ben, our friend Ben tell you everything you need to know about rock auto later on the show he uses it all the time for his favorite honda named harold and yeah we'll get into that much much later in the show but guys welcome back to lockdown wizards and thank you for tuning into the show wherever and whenever you may be listening ben and i hope that we are always able to give you as much washington wizards content as possible tonight john wall is welcome back to the District of Columbia for the first time since the Russell Westbrook trade. And the Washington Wizards took care of business with a 131-119 to win over the Houston Rockets. This will be the Wizards' second back-to-back win of the year, and Bradley Beal proved yet again that he's an absolute monster. He took care of business with 30, 37 points, eight rebounds, three assists, and shot the ball incredibly well, going 14 for 24 from the floor. Ben, the Wizards were able to split with John Wall and the Houston Rockets this season, and he showed that both games he's still capable to play at that elite level we always talk about. So yeah, he made his return to D.C. Monday evening, and even though there weren't any fans in attendance, it was was a much-anticipated matchup, and Wall brought his A game, Ben. 29 points, 11 assists, without Victor Oladipo, Eric Gordon, P.J. Tucker, Christian Wood. Wall didn't have enough to overcome the Wizards and ultimately lost in his return to D.C., like I said, 131 to 119. So, Ben, I just want to ask you what your main takeaways are for for John Wall's um, return to D.C., how the Wizards did, really. And um, we got a good look at, uh, at a tribute video from... Um, for that that the Washington Wizards made for John Wall. It was during the first time out. John Wall was he was uh, he was very very focused on the game. He didn't seem like he paid too much attention to it. But we all saw it. We all paid attention to it. So yeah, man, I, it, give us your take on uh, on really everything tonight. God, there's just so much to unpack here. I mean, the first thing I, I saw when I was watching John Wall, I thought to myself. Boy, it would be really nice if if Bradley Beal had an had a uber athletic point guard to play with, <laughs> right? I mean, I was I'll admit it, dead wrong on this trade. I advocated for this trade before it happened. I was vouching for the trade because I thought Russell Westbrook 
and Bradley Beal would be enough to really compete in a lowly Eastern Conference because really getting to 500 might get you to home court in the East. And we've we've really seen that Wall is proving not only me wrong, but he's proving Tommy Shepard, Scott Brooks, and the Washington Wizards wrong because he looks just as athletic as he's ever looked. I mean, there's that one possession in the first quarter where he blew past the defense, slammed it home with his patented left-handed dunk, uh, something that Russell Westbrook really hasn't done all season long. He attacked the basket at will. He hit his mid-range jump shot. He said 29 points, 11 assists, did it all despite not having some of his best teammates around, made guys like Daniel House and Jay Sean Tate lo- look really good. I mean, Daniel House scored 17 points. Even David Nawaba, he had 19 points. So John Wall is doing what we know John Wall can do. He makes average players look good. Um, so it leads you to think, you know, what could he have done with Davis Bertans? What could he have done with Rui Hachimura? I think he could have gotten a lot more out of these players than, than Russell Westbrook and the Wizards have gotten. So that's just uh, a sad thing to acknowledge. But on the hopeful side and on the more uh, realistic side of things, it's just so glad. I'm just so glad to see John Wall happy again, playing playing high-level basketball, proving everyone wrong that he can still play at a high level. And worst-case scenario, he's rebuilt his trade value He's not. He's no longer dead weight. Uh, he's obviously playing up to expectations. Um, I don't think his contract is much of an albatross anymore. If the Rockets decide to move him at some point, I think he'll have takers. Uh, so that's a good thing. John Wall's career isn't over. And uh, I think for anybody who, who's been honestly covering the Wizards and uh, has been a fan of the Wizards since 2010, that's a good thing. So all in all, a fantastic return for John Wall. And you can't just hope but wonder uh, or help but wonder how good this team would have been if they kept him. Absolutely, Ben. It was so great to see John play that well against his team again. Obviously, he's going to come out like that anytime he plays the Wizards for the remainder of his career, in my mind. And um, and yeah, he played a hell of a game by himself, essentially. I mean, he had a, he had a pretty uh, depleted roster to go along with the Houston Rockets tonight. But Ben, for the Wizards, this was their first game since the Minnesota win where seven players scored in double digits, and the Wizards held the Rockets to 21% from outside, from three-point land. What does this mean to you? Does this does this mean, um, are they getting more on a on a roll scoring here, like offensively and defensively? Like, are they are they showing us different strides? I mean, I, I, defensively, I wasn't impressed with them at all on Monday. Like I said, David Nawaba, 19 points. Uh, Deshaun Tate, 19. Daniel Howell, 17. So they still gave up a ton of points, 119 for the game. Uh, I did. I was pretty impressed by their offense. It wasn't just Bradley Beal, even though he scored 37. We saw Howell Neto mix it up. Even Robin Lopez contributed to 12. Davis, Davis Bertans, who we'll get into a little bit later, he scored 18 points off the bench. So we saw a little bit more of a fluid offense. They ran some sets, got some open looks. They were swinging the ball well. Uh, players got involved. It wasn't just Bradley Beal. So that was a good sign. But I wanted to uh, circle back to your comment about the tribute video because I think we'd be remiss not to touch on this because I think Lockdown Wizards fans uh, want us to touch on this. Um, Drew Gooden and Justin Kutcher, the the Wizards play-by-play broadcasters, talked about John Wall and how we kind of ignored the video. So I just kind of wanted to get your take on it because after the game, John Wall made it clear that his interview with Fred Katz that he did over the weekend uh, that he wants that to be the last time he talks about uh, his his situation with the Wizards, and I think John Wall is ready to move on. Uh, one thing I will point out is somebody mentioned that the Wizards had taken out Steve Buckhans's uh, play-by-play during the tribute. Steve Buckhans, as you know, is 
a renowned play-by-play uh, a, a broadcaster, um, beloved by Wizards fans, has been a Wizards play-by-play guy for years up until they let him go out of nowhere last year. The fact that they took out his calls uh, potentially on purpose uh, for John Wall's tribute video, I thought was ex- ex- extraordinarily petty on that organization, knowing what Steve Buckens meant to that team. Um, so I'll say things that maybe other people will be afraid to say that I thought was was embarrassing. And I hope that was an accidental mishap on their part because Steve Buckens was an instrumental uh, part of that organization and was beloved by team uh, or by fans of this team. So I hope that was accidental, but I was kind of surprised to see John Wall ignore the video, but he, that's the sort of competitor he is. So I guess I just wanted to get your take. Like, what, what did you think about him just sitting in the huddle, not really caring about the video? Do you think that was just a product of the fans not being there and him not being able to get into it or what? Yeah, it's a little weird, right? I mean, usually they have the, I mean, pre-COVID, they usually have these uh, tribute videos and these instances before the game. Like, as they're announcing the players, the, the fans are all there, they play a part of it, and um, everyone, they give them a standing ovation. That's what usually will happen, but, you know, that's not the world we're living in anymore. And they had the tribute video during their first timeout, a little like halfway through the first quarter, I think it was, and... And yeah, it kind of just was like, I mean, it, uh, if you're watching it on TV, it, um, it, it went to commercial break and um, they, they showed the highlights after of it, of him just like sitting there, but he was in the huddle. Like, I mean, he was, he, it was during a timeout and he was focusing on basketball. He was focusing on winning a game. At that point, everything for him is out the window. He's focusing on playing his game, playing with his teammates and trying to win this basketball game. So no, I don't think that he was like intentionally uh, ignoring it. But again, like you said, he made it very clear with his interview with Fred Katz of the athletic. This is the last time he wants to talk about it. Um, engaging with the media, really anyone. And, and yeah, again, Ben, uh, there wasn't any fans right during that tribute video. If there, if there was a, a, you know, a capital one arena full of fans, it would have been, I mean, the roars would not have stopped for the entire timeout and people would have been on their feet clapping and you know the the entire time and john would have you know eventually ended up you know waving to the to, to the crowd and it would have gotten emotional 100% at that point that's his time to really you know to bond with the the fan base of dc of, of the wizards and and like he did for almost 10 years right i mean he had a 9 year career and uh, that gets emotional for guys, especially someone who 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 came who came to this franchise, nineteen year old kid. So, so yeah, it was. It's just very different now, post COVID. Like during COVID, th- these instances are very different. And without fans, it's definitely not the same. Uh, but yeah, Ben, like you said, Steve, he was an integral part of of what the Wizards did, especially every game. He was the voice of the Wizards, and um, them taking that out of there. I mean, he called. The, the the majority of um john's games as a as you know throughout his career and and that that intro for john i know i know that you probably saw it on twitter and, and everywhere else everyone wanted john to to you know do the dougie and to be introduced like that his classic way of being introduced um in the capital one arena um as a wizard like like he did since he was 19 years old um but obviously we didn't get that so so yeah but it was it was great that the wizards were able to put something together for him still not in um not in the best forum you know due to covid due to you know everything you know at hand so 
Yeah, and before we get into the other guy that Wizards got for the John Wall trade uh, and discuss his game against Wall, his second one since the trade, I want to let you guys know about rockauto.com. Anthony had mentioned it previously at the start of the podcast, but rockauto.com is a reliable website where you can get your car parts that you would have otherwise spent so much money for. But guess what? It would be the same wonderful parts for much less prices. And it's the same best prices by the same professionals and do-it-yourselfers. I visit it whenever I have an issue with my Honda, who I call call Harold. If you go to rockauto.com, you can see all the parts available for your car or truck. And right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. It's all the parts you'll ever need on rockauto.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're covering everything you need to know about the Wizards, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. Anthony, we talked about John Wall, but I think at this point in their careers, given everything that's transpired, whenever we talk about John Wall, we'll have to kind of tie his career with Russell Westbrook, at least at this stage of their careers. Westbrook recorded another triple-double, 16 points, 13 rebounds, 15 assists. However, he shot just 18 for 20, or 8 for 22 from the field with five turnovers. Anthony, I'm just going to ask you bluntly, uh, uh, should we just start to accept that this is the player Westbrook is at this point in his career? And, and I guess how do, you, how do you begin to accept that knowing that John Wall is playing at the level he is? So, yeah, Russ had a really, really tough shooting night uh, on paper. It didn't look that bad after the game than what we actually watched, 8 for 22 from the floor. But, yeah, um, it's it's been difficult to see Russ um, really only attack the basket um, a handful of times during the game and, 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 a, and a very, very light handful at that. He, you know, his, his mid-range jump shots are not falling. He's missing point blank layups. Tonight was very, very tough for him. He was still able to put up a, a you know, a, a good stat line for him. 16 points, 13 rebounds, 15 assists. But yes, um, again, um, you know, 8 for 22 from the floor, 0 for 3 from outside. It's, um, Ben, you and I were texting throughout the game. And uh, let's, let's, uh, let's share with Lockdown Wizards listeners uh, your, your discomfort with Russ because you – you seemed a little disgruntled throughout the game, man. Give give us your full take on Russell Westbrook thus far after the John Wall trade. Yeah, sometimes when I watch Russell Westbrook play, I have to squint just to make sure that's that's who it is. It's like, uh, he looks like Russell Westbrook. He's wearing a Russell Westbrook jersey. But are we sure that's Russell Westbrook? Like, or is that, I don't what happened to him? Like, the, did the monster steal his talent? Like, what happened? Or did age get to him? Is he really still hurt? We have to take Scott Brooks's word for it. He says he's healthy. Russell Westbrook says he's healthy. So, you know, we still have plenty of games left to go, but there are certain things that happen on the court, Anthony, that genuinely 
give me a pit in my stomach, especially when you compare it to what John Wall is doing, the way he's attacking the basket. John Wall was getting to the free throw line at will. He got he shot eight for ten from the free throw line. Um, Russell Westbrook only got to the free throw line once, and he missed that free throw. Um, Westbrook, he had a wide open layup on, in transition, and he couldn't finish it. Like he has, he doesn't even have a half of the bounce he had two years ago. I don't. I mean. Some players age really quickly, and some players have really difficult times adjusting to their decline in athleticism. And we're witnessing that with Westbrook. There was one string of possessions where he was blocked. He got the he got the ball back, missed a mid-range jump shot, got the ball back, shot a three, and bricked it. And I think that was a microcosm of what Westbrook has done. He looks uncomfortable in his own skin. It's like the best way I can describe it, where he's forcing the issue, trying to almost prove to himself that he can hit these shots he used to hit, and he's missing them a lot. I mean, he, 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 like you said, he went eight for 22 from the field uh, on Monday. His player efficiency rate this season has been 15. So it's barely average. He's shooting 40. He's shooting, he's shooting 41% from the field this year. It's been all bad with Westbrook. He's not playing much defense this year. Um, I mean, God, Anthony, I can't believe we're in this situation. Like, I couldn't imagine that Westbrook would take this big of a decline so quickly and there's really no fixing it right i mean you can ask westbrook to just i guess conserve himself more and shoot more jump shots but that's kind of the last thing you want him to do because he can't hit jump shots i mean he's almost a guaranteed brick when he's not shooting inside the paint i like some of the sets they were running from him inside where he's posting up he's able to use his body a little bit more there but good god anthony am i wrong here like am i crazy because he looks how do you fix it to me there's no fixing this there's no fix. The, you don't need to fix Russell Westbrook. And everyone out there who's about to call me insane, it, it's okay. Call me insane. I'm not out on Russell Westbrook. I still, I'm still not. Out <laughs> oh my god! Do I all. read the text? No, no. Go. I, I, I'm not out on him tonight. He had a tough shooting night. That's exactly what I said. It was rough to see on some possessions. I want to ask you this honestly, Anthony. Uh, I want to ask you this genuinely. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't want you to. Try and coax out a positive answer to try and save the Lockdown Wizards listeners from your truth, right? Because they can handle the truth. They've been watching this team for years. They know the truth. So I'm going to ask you this, Anthony, point blank, and I want a truthful answer from you. What can you do to fix Russell Westbrook? And I don't want you to reach for answers and give me something ambiguous. I want you to tell me, what can you do to fix Russell Westbrook? Like I just said, there's no fixing Russell Westbrook. <laughs> so as he's broken. As, as, as much as you guys don't want to understand this, Russell Westbrook is one of the best basketball players the game has really ever seen. He's one of the most unique players the game has ever seen. He's one of the best passing point guards of all time. He's, he's probably the best rebounding point guard of all time. He's the most efficient facilitator on this team and one of the best facilitators in the league. Him as a, as a shooting point guard, him as a scoring point guard, yes. Has he declined? He has 100% declined. Um, you know, as a shooter in this league. But you need to look at everything else that he does for the team. Everyone wants to look at Russell Westbrook and, 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 and tear him down for everything that he is because just because of the way that he plays, how he shoots the ball, um, I guess really his offensive tendencies. Um, Russell Westbrook, he's an unbelievable talent. I mean, I know that we are really closing in on the on the first half of the season here, but still, I'm not out on him. I don't think that he is that that this is like his decline, uh, you know, for for the rest of his career. He's he's going like this is going to be his cliff year. I don't believe that. Why? I don't believe. 
I just don't because he he obviously was injured and still and still can be injured with, like, with a quadricep injury. We like we don't know what this really like is. We don't know what the lingering feeling like really. His is. numbers though look like they did in the bubble. I mean, in the bubble he was shooting this poorly. He was not usable offensively. The Rockets looked horrible in the playoffs, mainly no. because of this. They tried saving him and salvaging him by running plays in the post for him so he can get closer to the basket. Mm-hmm. And they and they stunk in the playoffs. And now we're seeing the Wizards try and salvage his, his offensively the same way, try and run plays for him in the post. And he looks okay when he's doing that, but he's not Joel Embiid. He's Russell Westbrook. You can't use him as a post-up player. And what we're seeing right now, Anthony, is a player who's shooting 41% from the field, 31% from three. Uh, he's, he's incredibly inefficient. I mean... Look, he went eight for 22 and you're watching him play and he might as well be four for 40. Every shot he takes is seemingly a bad brick. It's not like he's missing close shots. It's not It's not like a Bradley Beal situation where he'll have a couple of games and he's on off shooting where you're like, okay, he'll bounce back next game. It's a thing where like, is Westbrook ever going to hit a shot outside of four feet again? It's, it's like that. Like this guy doesn't even come close to making baskets. And I, I, I wholeheartedly disagree with you, Anthony. I, I can't go on blind faith with this guy. Go ahead. He, Bad in the bubble. I, I, it's totally fine. Totally he was fine. bad in the bubble, and he's shown to be really bad this year. I, I mean, he's he's for what you need to win in a modern NBA. You need defense, and you need outside shooting. Wes Westbrook can't do any of that right now, and he's a turnover machine. He's averaging 4.8 turnovers per game right now. That's the most in his career. So not only is he incredibly inefficient, but he turns the ball over all the time. He's absolutely erratic. He looks uncomfortable in his own skin. So when I'm, I'm going to ask you again, Anthony. Because you gave me this. When you this, say he's absolutely erratic, what does that mean? Because we have not seen anything like that of, of him this year. He's he averaging not, five turnovers a game. But erratic as in what? With the basketball, driving to the lane? Because he's not he's been doing He's erratic where he gets blocked, he gets the ball back, bricks, runs to the three, bricks again, where he's shooting 40% from the field. That's erratic. Where you're pulling up from mid-range on a transition instead of attacking the basket. Uh, that's more, that's that's more of an efficient than, than, than erratic. Well, that's a, yeah, but, that's erratic where... where the plays that seem to make most sense for a player of his athleticism or what we used to perceive as his athleticism, where you're in transition and you're attacking the basket, getting to the line, dunking on guys, where he's pulling up from the free throw line and breaking consistently, or God forbid he does attack the basket and he's missing layups. So that's to me, it's like, okay, your your decision-making has been poor and not, maybe it's poor because you don't even trust yourself at this point because when you are attacking the basket, you're not making shots. So what can you do well for me offensively? Sure, I'll give you he's a good facilitator, but he's also giving you five. So for every two assists, he's giving you a turnover. His assist to turnover ratio is two to one. That's bad. Turnovers are not ideal, and really his efficiency is obviously not ideal. Everyone out there can, can but continue it's not, to it, tear it's him down. Just, that's, that's completely fine. Nobody's tearing him down. I'm telling you the truth. He is statistically the least efficient player in the NBA. So he's not even just not ideal. He is the least efficient player in the NBA, and his usage is so high. Like, he can't shoot to save his life, and he's shooting 22 shots? That's crazy. Like, if you want him to go out softly at the end of his career, you have to make sure that you're utilizing the best way. Where Make him a pass-first point guard. If you want to go out softly, and that's what you're good at at this point, do that. But when you're still taking 20 shots, and you're making five, six of those? I mean, look, before that, what did he shoot against the uh, – who did they play before last night? I forget. The Celtics? Yeah, what did he shoot that game? Six for 20 or something like that? Like, what are we doing here? We have to we have to make sure that they're utilizing their players, especially at the end of their careers, in ways that are allowing them to kind of go out softly. Because right now, they're just kind of flying. Yeah, he shot, he shot six for 19. Yeah, that, that, that's... It's not like, again, he wasn't like missing these close shots or 
it's not a bad shooting night. It's a bad shooting season for a player who had a bad shooting bubble. Like this is a player who's shown that he's he's really hitting a difficult point in his career. And right, but the bubble was a very short time, and so far what we've seen this season has been not the longest, uh, you know, set of time. And it's easy for people to really like just just throw players out like this, especially when they're 32 years old. It it is easy for people to like really just say all these things are here. He's a, like his efficiency rating is like this. He, I mean, he's he's being used more than 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 most point guards in the league, and his and his efficiency rating is, is so down. And really, like the turnovers, the, the turnovers are not helping it. So yeah, it's it's very easy for for any fan out there, for for all of us in the media to to really throw to to throw him to the side and 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 you know get get on his case but at the same time ben at the same time if russell westbrook is not if, if he's not taking the shot if bradley beal's not taking the shot and during those those instances the 22 attempts that he took tonight i guess who on the team would you like to okay. uh i have no issue with russell westbrook taking shots if they're in the paint or within 10 feet of the basket but anytime he's outside of that that boy's missing there's there's just no there's no there's literally no question about it. I mean, the I mean we, can, yeah, the we can look it up. I mean, he's okay. Let's look it up this season from 10 to 16 feet. Anthony, this is a quiz pop quiz for you from 10 to 16 feet. So just outside the paint mid range area. What do you think Russell Westbrook is shooting from 10 to 16 feet? His sweet spot, his mid range, his sweet spot. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm going to go with a hopeful 30. <laughs> yeah, that is a hopeful 30 because he's shooting 24% from mid-range. Okay, gotcha. Okay. So when you say things like who else is going to shoot, I'm not saying take shots away from Russ, but if you're going to use him, make sure he's attacking the basket. Or, God forbid, I'd rather a guy like Garrison Matthews or Troy Brown or Davis Bertans get a few of those extra shots because right now it's a coin flip every time every time Russell Westbrook shoots. You're right. 24% is, is really bad. It it has not been – it's not been – you know, the, the best showing from Russ and Ben, you're right. I mean, may, maybe some of these shots can go to Davis Bertans. And we got a lot more to get into that. A lot more to talk about yeah, Davis's night. And uh, and um, a lot more to get into really how everyone else did. But guys, before we get into all of that, I want to tell you guys about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football may be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and prop bets on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts promo code. Use it locked on. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Betting on the Washington Wizards does not have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick-hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you may listen to podcasts. Ben, Davis Bertans 
threw some egg on my face, as you like to say. Davis Bertans came out tonight against the Houston Rockets and dropped 18 points. He went five for six from outside, absolutely lethal, on fire. You know, he looked like the player the Wizards hoped to get after signing that, you know, $80 million contract. Finally showing signs of life from deep. Ben, I guess, what do you think about Davis tonight? What do you think about uh, his rhythm, really? And um, do you think this means anything moving forward for the Wizards, uh, going, you know, moving more towards this West Coast slate? I think it means everything. This is everything for the Wizards. I mean, they depend so much on Bradley Beal and Davis Bertans is being paid like their third best player and he has to play like their third best player. And and on Monday, he like you said, he showed signs of life, five from six from three, and he hit those patented Bertans shots from, from way outside the arc where I, I was giggling to myself because I was like, you know, Bradley Beal is pushing the ball up the court on a fast break and he's dishing it to Bertans and Bertans is taking it really on like a four-on-one fast break and he's pulling from half court and he was nailing them. Uh, that's what he did last year all season long. He showed to be one of the best shooters in the NBA. There were points in the season where he led the league in three-point shooting. I mean, he looked like those type, those elite, elite type shooters, the Duncan Robinson, JJ Reddicks of the world. He was that good. And he showed Monday that he can play at that level. A shooter of his caliber, it was only a matter of time before they break through. I mean, he needs to keep shooting it with confidence. And if he does, he'll keep knocking them down. It adds a whole another dimension to Washington's offense. Because, you know, look, I, I, I'm obviously disappointed in the way Russell Westbrook has played this year. But when you have a guy like Westbrook on the court, he's attacking, he's dishing. Bradley Beal is attacking, dishing, is opening. I mean, Bertans opens up so much space. So maybe that can help uh, Westbrook get going. But all in all, it was just so nice to see him hit the shots he was hitting last year. Um, you know, for the Wizards to really rebound this year, they need Bertans to play at this level. He's got to average at least 15, 16 a game. The eight points is not cutting it uh, that he's done this year. The 18, that's more like it. Right. And, and the Wizards right. really, really got to see you know, the player that they that they expected to get. So that was, that. look, that was, regardless of the win or loss, that was, a, that was an awesome thing to see for the Wizards. Yeah, Ben, I 100% agree with you. Uh, I know that I've been ragging on, uh, DB a lot lately here, but yeah, you're right. This is what we need. This is what the wizards need to see from him. 18 points more so than, than the usual eight points he puts up with like really awful shooting, maybe three, three for 11 from outside, but no, tonight that was absolutely, that, that, that was just a, a great showing. And Ben, how great will that look when on nights when him and Garrison Matthews are firing on all cylinders? I mean, I mean that's, that's what, this team needs. That's what we really envisioned before the season. I know you, you've been talking up Garrison Matthews, you know, since training camp. So yeah, that's exactly what the wizards need. And, and uh, I'm, I'm, I love seeing uh, what DB did tonight. I loved everything about it. And Ben, I don't know if you saw the end, right at the end there, the first quarter, he had a pretty wild buzzer beater. Russ dished it to him. (laughs) He he was like fading away to to, to the left and in the corner and uh and yeah right at the buzzer that was that was awesome to see so yeah it seems like he really has uh has found um you know his rhythm yeah and that's the thing i think he looked decent defensively too i don't think he's the sort of guy that you'll ever expect to make much of an impact uh defensively but um he did a pretty good job coming around screens he was he was getting a hand up on the on the uh uh, players he was guarding and the entire team picks up with their energy when Bertans is hitting shots you can see everybody starts to play a bit more joyous basketball a lot freely when Bertans is hitting because 
No, he obviously Bradley Beal is the catalyst to the offense, but Bertans is the sort of guy, you know, he hits two, three threes in a row, and the entire offense is erupting. The other team's calling a timeout. And before you know it, you're on a 9 0, 10 0 run. And uh, obviously, that makes a huge difference. So the Wizards need him to keep playing at this level. Maybe playing off the bench uh, alleviates some of the stress for him, uh, makes him a bit more low key, a bit more difficult to guard if you're the other team. So right. uh, the Wizards should keep rocking with the lineup they have now. I love the Westbrook, Beal, uh, Matthews, Rui, and Wagner lineup. I would like to see Alex Len get some more time because he, he showed to be uh, a pretty decent contributor off the bench. But Robin Lopez is also playing pretty well, so I can't I can't blame them for not taking away his minutes. But all in all, look, the Wizards took care of business on, on, on Monday. They did what they needed to do. Uh, got some much, much needed momentum. And the crazy thing is only, what, three games out of a play-in game? So uh, yeah, right. maybe not all is lost. Not all, not in the East, Ben. Not Definitely not in the East. But Ben, after the game, going back to, to Davis, Scott Brooks was asked um, just really about uh, DB's rhythm tonight and, and um, you know, moving forward um, and, and what this means moving forward. Uh, Scott Brooks, he, he um, went on to say that, that Davis, he, you know, he, he's been real solid for the last few games and, and that he has said this in past years, that Davis is not just a shooter. He helps out. He helps us out in many different ways to win, not just from shooting outside Ben what do you think about the, these comments from from Scott I know we talk a lot about Davis struggling defensively um and really um you know rebounding I guess what what's your take from from Scott's comments here and do you do you agree with him yeah I think Bertans is one of those guys where if he's not hitting shots he tends to get discouraged defensively he becomes more of a liability on that end just because his entire morale his energy is just dipped because he's not hitting shots but when he is hitting shots you can tell he's more bouncy defensively he gets after it uh, he's a scrappy player like he, he plays with high intensity he goes after refs sometimes i love players like that um so yeah i think scott's right if bertans is hitting shots he's he's more likely to contribute defensively that's just the nature of i guess being an nba player it's a lot easier to get in tune defensively when you're knocking down shots on the offensive side of the ball. So all in all, awesome, awesome to see Bertans get it going. The Wizards finally ran a fluid offense, scored 131 points. Uh, so if they can keep that going, maybe they'll be competitive on this West Coast trip. But Anthony, before we let these guys go, the Wizards' uh, next matchup on Wednesday, uh, they play Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets here. Tough, tough schedule coming up. You got Denver, Portland. Uh, both LA teams and then Denver again before the Wizards return home. So um, what are we thinking here? Can the Wizards keep this momentum and we're getting three in a row against the Nuggets or what? I'm going to keep it going with my blind faith, I guess. These listeners out here probably already think I'm pretty blind. But yeah, I'm going to go with a with a win against Denver. Denver, they're off to not the not their uh, their most ideal start as they would, would like to be at the top of the Western Conference. But yeah, I'm going with with three wins in a row here, baby. I I'll, you know what, Anthony, I think I'm going to rock with you. I think you're right here. The Wizards are finally playing like a team that doesn't have much to lose. Because they are seven and seventeen, eight, and, eight, seventeen. Or, sorry, eight and seventeen. Um, they're at the bottom of the standings, and I think they're starting to realize that um, most of the team, or most of the fans, most of the league has probably written them off, and they're starting to play a little bit more freely, starting to put it together here. And the Nuggets, fifteen and eleven, not playing up the expectations. They have a lot more to lose, so I think they're going to come into DC and take it out. I think Brad Beal carries them. I think Russell Westbrook finally shows up, attacks the basket a little bit more, uh, gives us a, a more of a more of a 
throwback triple double from Westbrook where he's attacking the basket. Maybe we even get a, a thunderous dunk. So I think uh, I think the Wizards win here. Why not? Let's keep it rolling. What do we have to lose if we predict a win, right? Nothing. Not a thing. <laughs> absolutely nothing. <laughs> Lockdown Wizards fans, we absolutely love you. Thanks for listening. Uh, look at that. Another win. Two in a row. Let's keep it rolling. Ant, you got anything else? Two in a row, guys. Yeah. Guys, we love you. We appreciate you. We always love rocking with you. Monday through Friday. If you haven't done it already, go subscribe to the Lockdown Wizards podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. And yeah, guys, we look forward to the Denver Nuggets. Hopefully, the Wizards can keep this this win streak alive. This is their second win streak of the year. Hopefully, it can just continue. And yeah, hopefully, we can see guys like Troy Brown Jr., Alex Len, maybe some Isak Bonga, some Jerome Robinson play, Ben. Um, but as we all know, it's super inconsistent. We will never know these rotations, the reason behind them. But yeah, we we got a lot to look forward to, guys. The faith. I always try and talk about the faith at the end of the show. Just keep it, keep it going because two big wins against teams that no one thought they were gonna they were gonna beat. And I know it was against a depleted roster against you know Houston, but still, we're moving. And yes, so more lockdown wizards tomorrow, guys. Um, and yeah, make sure to tune into that game Wednesday evening against the Denver Nuggets. Thank you so much for tuning in whenever and wherever you may, you may be listening throughout your day. And we will be back with you again tomorrow. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.